Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. It is an incredibly exciting time of the year for sports, ladies and gentlemen. Sophomore sensation Lamar Jackson is redefining what it means to be a dual-threat quarterback in the National Football League. Odds on Jackson to win the MVP race were at 50-1 to to begin the season and have since plummeted, and they probably plummeted even more since his loss to the Titans on Saturday, making my bookie's prop selection more attractive than ever. And then later this month, we have one of the most stacked UFC cards in a long time, Conor McGregor taking on Cowboy Donald Cerrone in Vegas, all highly anticipated right in the betting capital of the world, like I just said, Las Vegas, Nevada, and without a doubt, people are going to be looking to get in on the action, and we have the best place for you to go, my bookie. If you're the kind of guy who likes to bet a little to win a lot, you should try a parlay. For instance, if you like a couple of the big favorites this week, parlays are perfect because they let you bet multiple games together for a much bigger payout. My bookie has more lines and better odds for the player than any other sports book around, and if you join right now, my bookie Bookie will match your deposit halfway, all the way up to $1,000. That means if you deposit $2,000 right now, you get an extra grand in free money to play with. All you have to do is use our promo code BLV, that's capital BLV, to activate the offer. Once again, that promo code is BLV, capital BLV, to get your extra cash from MyBookie. Bet, win, get paid, MyBookie. With that being said, what's up, everybody? Today is Wednesday, January 15th, 2000. And 20, it's the pod of rock and roll. We're talking Ozzy. That's right. His new album, Ordinary Man, is set to release in February of 2020. We've got a month, and it's his first solo record in about 10 years, since 2010. It's been a decade. He started the 2010s off with his solo album, and then he waited until the 2020s to release his latest one. We'll talk about his motivation behind recording his latest album, which includes the likes of Sir Elton John, Slash from Guns N' Roses, and even his new buddy, Post Malone. He talks about his past struggles with alcohol addiction, as well as the ups and downs of being famous. We'll talk about Ozzy for a little bit here on episode 141. We'll also talk about one of the best ever to pick up a pair of drumsticks. That's right, we're talking Neil Peart today. Neil Peart passed away uh, this past week at the age of 67 after his long-fought battle with brain cancer. He was an inspiration to many rock stars in today's generation as well as our father's generation. So we'll talk about some stories about the drummer, including quotes from some of today's stars who looked up to the Canadian drummer. We'll also talk a little bit about Ed Sheeran's collaborations with Eminem, 50 Cent, Chris Stapleton, Bruno Mars, only because they were old-fashioned and, quite frankly, sounded like rock and roll. All that and more on episode 141 presented by Belly Up Sports. Remember to use the promo code OSHOW10, that's capital O-S-H-O-W-10, for $10 off your next order using that's right, you guessed it, TickPick.com. You should have used TickPick. And if you're into banging weights, eating steaks, and sleeping eights, use the promo code OSHO20, that's capital O-S-H-O-W-20, for $20 off your next order using Mecca Nutrition. Go to MeccaNutritionStore.com when you get the chance for all their great protein products. Let's let Hootie take us in today's pot of rock.
So Ozzy Osbourne, that's his new single, Ordinary Man, and his upcoming album entitled Ordinary Man, finally comes out. Uh, the release date is February 21st, 2020, and you really won't believe who's on this track with him. It's a stacked a stacked album, and as promised uh, earlier this week by his wife and manager, wife-slash-manager, Sharon Osbourne, Elton John appears on the collection, who adds, of course, that great piano riff to the somewhat melancholy title track about highs and lows of fame being ordinary man the first lyrics of the song were i was unprepared for fame then everybody knew my name no more lonely nights it's all for you he said he traveled many miles he's seen a lot of tears seen a lot of smiles just remember that it's all for you osborne kind of croons on the emotional beatles-esque song in which ozzy rages against the dying of the light and in addition to mr sir elton john ozzy's first solo album since uh, scream it was scream in 2010 this one will feature collaborations with again his new bestie you could say post malone as well as rage against the machines guitarist tom morello guns and roses uh, guitarist slash who appears on the new song that's out now called straight to hell another great song more like an ozzy song and the album was recorded in los angeles california and featured producer andrew watt playing guitar again that's i think post malone's guitarist andrew watt as well as uh, another guns and roses guy bassist duff mckeegan and uh, red hot chili peppers drummer chad smith ozzy said it just all came together in a statement about uh, the lineup on the disc he said slash is a dear friend of mine as is elton john and when i was writing ordinary man it reminded me of an old elton song and he said to sharon i wonder if he would sing on it because they're such good friends and they asked and uh, lo behold he agreed and sung and played the piano on the song and fans have heard straight to hell and under the graveyard which are out now on that album so far and ozzy said that he had a blast making the album and i quote it was a lot of fun to do though it's a lot different from my other albums we recorded it quickly which i haven't done since the first black sabbath album he, he said he uh this made it a different process which i actually enjoyed and he also said that this upcoming uh solo album was a gift from a high power so to draw that gift into this mortal coil you could say ozzy apparently wanted uh some help from fellow rock and roll hall of famers and on uh friday this was this past friday the former black sabbath singer released his first new solo single in nine years of course it was ordinary man then you had under the graveyard and straight to hell all out and ozzy wrote the track with producer and guitarist andrew watt like i said and enlisted a heavy hitting rhythm section featuring bassist duff mckagan and red hot chili peppers drummer chad smith he said that this album was a gift from my higher power and it's proof to me that you should never give up that's what he said in his press release with the new single and Watt of course is best known for his work with Post Malone collaborating uh, on the song Take What You Want connected uh, to Ozzy as well as Travis Scott with Watt and provided the catalyst for the new album so Andrew Watt is also known for the short-lived band California Breed which features ex-Deep Purple bassist Glenn Hughes and drummer Jason Bonham so after finishing Take What You Want with Post Malone Watt actually asked Ozzy if he'd like to write together and Ozzy and Ozzy fashion said but that would be fucking great uh, but now he was thinking that he didn't want to be working in a basement studio for six months and then just in a short amount of matter of time they had the album done again Ozzy said this was his quickest album since Black Sabbath though it was understood that Andrew Watt was involved with the project chat both Chad Smith and Duff McKeegan's uh, part in the album was kept well uh, it was a good secret that he kept the Prince of Darkness uh, I guess preserved through a number of uh, health set 
setbacks, including a broken neck last year. I was actually supposed to see him in Charlotte, North Carolina over the summer. They had to cancel the tour, and uh, uh, he overcame this to complete this album. He credited the commitment of his rhythm section uh, with bringing the songs to life. He said, Duff and Chad came in, and we would go in and jam during the day, and I would work out the songs in the evenings. He said that he previously said to Sharon that he'd be doing an album, but in the back of his mind, he was going, I haven't got the, the fucking strength. But Andrew Watt pulled it out of him. He said that he really uh, hoped that people listen to it, enjoy it, because he put his heart and soul into the album. And again, it's due out February 21st, 2020, according to Sharon Osbourne. And the album might have uh, come together more quickly than anything Ozzy's ever done before. Like I said, the album was finished in all of about four weeks. And he said to Sharon that he didn't feel like he'd made an album because they haven't ended up screaming at each other, which is nice. I guess he described the process as therapeutic and helping distract him from his rehab and from his surgery from his neck and Ozzy of course plans to resume his No More Tours 2 farewell tour next spring so the tour that was supposed to finish in 2019 he's going to do now in 2020 and the cities on the on the No More Tours 2 tour are as followed he's got Atlanta, uh, Sunrise Florida, Tampa, Charlotte, Cincinnati Hershey, Pennsylvania, Pittsburgh Pennsylvania, Montreal Quebec, Canada, uh uh, Connecticut, New York City, at, at Madison Square Garden, St. Louis, Missouri, Kansas City, Des Moines, Iowa, Milwaukee, St. Paul, Minnesota. He's got Edmonton. He's got Vancouver, Tacoma, Portland, Sacramento, Phoenix, Arizona, Mountain View, uh, Los Angeles at the Hollywood Bowl. He's got Las Vegas before he heads to the UK. He's got Newcastle, Glasnow, uh, London, Birmingham, Manchester. He goes to Dublin, Ireland, Nottingham, uh, United Kingdom. Uh, uh, then he's got to go to Germany. So it's going to be a, a hellacious but fun final tour for Ozzy Osbourne as he completes his farewell No More Tours 2 tour, I guess they're calling it. No More Tours 2 because he had to cancel last year. So No More Tours 2 is uh, in full effect starting May 27th through the end of October. The final date on the website is October 31st. For tickets, go to anywhere. You can go to TickPick to get $20 off using the promo code OSHO20. That's capital O-S-H-O. W20, you're welcome. You can also get tickets at OzzyOsbourne.com. You can get a chance for VIP tickets to get a meet and greet, a photo op with Ozzy, uh, as well as front row ticks and a parking pass. So do that. New tour dates out available on OzzyOsbourne.com. With that being said, I wanted to talk a little bit about Neil Peart, uh, the, the always inspirational Canadian drummer from Rush, most famously known from his days with Rush. Uh, passed away at the age of 67 after battling brain cancer over the past several years uh, we'll get into neil perp but first a quick word from tick pick Neil. 
Neil Peart, so the drummer and songwriter for the Canadian prog rock band Rush for more than 40 years, for more than four decades, four decades of rock and roll, uh, died on January 7th at the age of 67 after battling brain cancer. He was regarded as one of the greatest rock drummers of all time. He combined uh, technical ability, arena-filling intensity, uh, exacting precision, and enough restraint to endure a constant presence on FM radio. And to the drummers in the 1970s and the 1980s, Pert was an Eddie Van Halen type figure, someone whose pyrotechnic chops seemed to be the new plus ultra. I mean, Pert never shied from flashy soloing on his massive drum kit, yet he was also a master of discipline whose steady but tastefully punctuated grooves propelled, uh, you know, closer to the heart, Tom Sawyer, the big money, uh, all that skyrocketed to the Billboard Hot 100. And by the 1990s, Rush, a generation of drummers influenced by Neil Peart, had turned chops and bluster into platinum success. Among them, Chad Smith of the Red Hot Chili Peppers, like we mentioned before on the new Ozzy album, Stephen Perkins of Jane's Addiction, uh, Tim Alexander, Tim Herb Alexander of uh, Primus, and of course, Mike Portnoy of Dream Theater. I mean, as his own career uh, uh, progressed, Pert absorbed inspiration from new wave, jazz, bossa nova, and African music, and though an untouchable giant on the drums, still took lessons into the 1990s and the 2000s from jazz musicians, including Freddie Gruber and Peter Erskine. Uh, uh, Rush remained a massive concert draw until his final show in 2015. And if we go back all the way to the 1970s, Getty Lee actually recalled uh, Pert's tryout for the band. Uh, He said that he came in, this big, goofy guy with a small drum kit, and Alex and I thought he was a hick from the country. That's what uh, Rush frontman Getty Lee said uh, during Pert's tryout for the band. I got a chance to meet Getty Lee in Hollywood a few years ago. Didn't talk about it, but I I got a chance to meet Getty Lee in Hollywood at uh, the Rock and Roll Cafe. Uh, He then would say that he sat behind this kit and pummeled the drums, and, and as far as Getty Lee was concerned, he was hired from the minute he started playing. And after Neil Pert, then uh, 21, he was 21 years old at the time, he joined Rush, uh, and its sound evolved from the spirited hard rock of its 1974 self-titled debut to the complex, skittering power trio that pioneered the, the space where heavy metal thunder meets prog rock. That, that's, that's how it started. And Pert's hectic drum style was influenced by uh, United Kingdom busybodies like the, the Who's Keith Moon and Cream's Ginger Baker. His lyrics were informed by the individual-minded writings of Ayn Rand and, and the fantastical words of J.R.R. Tolkien. Uh, on the opening track of Fly By Night from Rush's 1975 album, that was their first album with Neil Peart, he began with uh, guns blazing, tic-tacking through a 7-8 riff, and throughout, Neil Peart uh, embellishes with snare flurries and, and splash cymbal accents, ending with a precise tumble through his tomes. And Neil's highly technical drum solos were an essential part of Rush uh, during their live concerts and their live experience. I mean, on its first live album, All the World's a Stage from 1976, Neil Peart puts his uh, manic signature on two songs that Rush released before he was in the band, then bursts into a jazz-flecked snare workout. I mean, for nearly three minutes on the fourth side of the, of the double LP, 
Kurt runs circles around his kit. He literally runs circles around his drum set. Uh, eight toms, two splash cymbals, four cowbells, a, a simple ostinato for his four limbs, hand, hand, foot, foot, turns into a tornado. I mean, all you got to do is look up the videos on YouTube and you'll see what I'm talking about. And as Rush's ambitions expanded, so did Neil Peart's playing. I mean, the dynamic Exondu, the 11-minute the opener of the band's fifth album, uh, A Farewell to Kings, naturally featured Peart's uh, Tom explosions alongside the band's unpredictable shifts in rhythm. But Exondu is also notable for more portions where Peart uh, emotes like a one-man orchestral per fusion section working through wooden temple blocks wind chimes uh, tubular bells uh, a bell tree and tune cowbells i mean based on the famous samuel taylor coleridge poem neil pert described the song in the program for the band's 1977-78 tour as and i quote certainly the most complex and multi-textured piece we have ever attempted and then of course writing tom sawyer which came out in 1981 i mean with its four times platinum eighth album moving pictures rush mastered uh, pairing down from multiple part suits to lean rock songs and though it features a 7-4 interlude Tom Sawyer is relatively straightforward but still an air drumming classic I mean opening with a, a wide open break beat uh, of, a, of a synth glurp Neil Peart's beat became irresistible it became an irresistible sample fodder for rappers like Mellow Man Ace and Young Black Teenagers and an integral part of the routines of Chops Heavy uh, turbulences like DJ Qbert and Mixmaster Mike and then YYZ which came out in 1981 as well on its second live album actually Exit Stage Left Rush uses its most infamous piece of uh, rhythmic trickery and the 5-4 riff of YYZ is the code for the Toronto Person uh, International Airport rendered in Morse so here it meets one of Neil Peart's heaviest drum solos his snare is an out of control locomotive i mean he, he ping-pongs in the high reaches of his eight toms and indulges in some gene krupa style big band stylings while sim simultaneously clanking a, a melody line on his cowbells i mean pert also an early adopter of the the rumbling gong bass drum a giant drum uh, mounted like a like a tom-tom eventually embraces by bands including dream theater primus and corn like we mentioned earlier i mean subdivisions i mean speaking about his lyrics Neil Peart told Rolling Stone and I quote a lot of the early fantasy stuff was just for fun because I didn't believe yet that I could put something real into a song that is until he wrote the 1982 Restless Suburban Lamit Subdivisions so from then on um, Neil Peart realized what he, he most wanted to put in a song was human experience and the track once again features a masterful use of the 7-8 and explosive spill um, and then in 2002 they came out with one little victory uh, so after Neil Peart's daughter died in a car accident in 1997 and his partner succumbed to cancer less than a year later Neil Peart left music and then traveled around the world North America on his motorcycle he returned in 2001 and Rush's album Vapor Trails was one of its most rock-centric in years. It's first without a keyboard since 1975, and the opener, One Little Victory, 
you know, the merciless lead single, which was starting with Neil Peart playing what sounds like a, a rockabilly groove that was eaten by a thrash metal monster, you could say. And the final song I wanted to talk about, of course, which came out in 2003, was Oh Batterista, because in the mid-1990s, Neil Peart actually felt his drumming was too metronomic, so he took lessons with a jazz drummer named Freddie Gruber to loosen up his limbs. And in this eight-minute drum song, Solo from Rush's fifth live album, you can actually hear a matured Neil Peart focused on improvisation, playing out of the pocket, utilizing silence and calling melodies from his toms. And he said, to me, drum soloing is like doing a marathon and solving equations at the exact same damn time. That's what Peart told Music Radar. So Peart was always focused on getting better. He never felt as if he reached his peak and a ton of rock stars, a ton of celebrities and rock stars memorial Neil Peart on social media on the 7th. I mean, uh, Foo Fighters frontman Dave Grohl, who was inspired by Peart to become a drummer himself and was actually inducted uh, into uh, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame with Nirvana a few years back, memorialized his late uh, idol in a statement saying, Today, the world lost a true giant in the, uh, the history of rock and roll, an inspiration to millions with an unmistakable sound to spawn generations of musicians like myself to pick up two sticks and chase a dream. A kind, thoughtful, brilliant man who ruled our radios and turntables, not only with his drumming, but also his beautiful uh, words. And Roll told Rolling Stone in 2013 of meeting Pert as the two rehearsed for the rock and roll induction ceremony, shared a deeply sweet story about his first interaction with his hero, Neil Pert. He said, I was coming to rehearsal and I was meeting Neil for the first time and this man was as influential as any religion or any hero or any person in in someone's life he said so nice to meet you can i make you a coffee and he made me a coffee man that's what dave Grohl said uh, pert made dave Grohl a coffee and later on that night uh Grohl went to dinner and had a couple of glasses of wine and started uh crying because his hero made him fucking coffee <laughs> it was unbelievable and so that's kind of how uh the whole experience was during the rock and roll induction back in 2013 for dave Grohl and neil pert he's not the only music legend with a fond memory of Neil Peart, though, from the 2013 Rock and Roll Hall of Fame ceremony. It was public enemies Chuck D who took to Twitter to share a story about Neil Peart from the same event, and and other famous fans joined in memorializing the great drummer as well. Chuck D said, at the end of a crazy Rock and Roll Hall of Fame night in 2013 where uh, Rush and Public Enemy were inducted, it was just myself and Neil Peart alone talking and laughing low in relief. The long night was over. A small table backstage sharing a unique moment without much word rest in beats my man and uh, Justin Trudeau he said we've lost a legend but his influence and legacy will live on forever in the hearts of music lovers in Canada and around the world forever rest in peace Neil Pert. Jack Black said the master will be missed rest in peace Neil Pert. Adam Sandler even took to Twitter saying Neil Pert, rest in peace thanks for all you gave us we could not have loved you more Jake Tapper rest in peace Neil Pert, iconic drummer and lyricist for Rush, Peter Frampton rest in peace Neil Peart, so sad to hear Kevin Smith uh, he was not only the incredible drummer in Rush, Neil Peart wrote their brilliant lyrics as well, all this machinery making modern music can still be open hearted, not so coldly charted it's really just a question of your honesty, yeah your honesty farewell icon uh, Brian Wilson, I just heard about Neil Peart's passing, I feel really bad about this he was way too young of a guy Neil was one of the great drummers
Spurs, and he'll be missed. Love and mercy to Neil's family. And uh, Kirk Hammett said, rest in peace to a master after hearing the news. Patrick Wilson, every drummer just ran to their kit to bust out Tom Sawyer when they were kids. His dedication and rededication to his craft is a lesson in always improving. Never be complacent. You can always be better. Rest in peace. So rest in peace to Neil Peart, probably the greatest drummer in rock and roll history, part of Rush, dead at the age of 67. Again, he joined Rush back in 1974, uh, born on the outskirts of Hamilton, Ontario, Canada in 1952. He developed a love for drumming early on as a teenager, a lot said, after a brief stint in England. Neil returned home to Canada in the early 1970s when he discovered that Rush was in search of a drummer. And uh, like I said earlier, after an audition, he got the job right away. That's what Getty Lee said. And for the next 40 years, Neil, alongside Getty Lee and Alex Lifeson, Rush would become one of the premier rock bands uh, of that generation. They would find commercial success with songs like Limelight, Tom Sawyer, Closer to the Heart, Fly By Night, uh, New World Man. They'd sell millions of albums, sell countless tours, become highly regarded by classic rock fans everywhere. And again, like I mentioned, he was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 2013. Because for the longest time, it looked as if Rush would never be inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. The band first became eligible for induction in 1998, and it was nearly 20 years before they got their, their moment in the sun, before they got their name recognized. He even said, we've been saying for a long time, for even years, that this wasn't a big deal. Uh, turns out, it kind of is. And uh, Neil was well-respected by his fans and peers. I mean, Neil's drumming paid homage to his hero, the late Keith Moon of The Who, uh, considered a, a, a hero who elevated drumming. He was precise, flamboyant. I mean, over the 40 years he spent behind the drum set, Neil developed a, a reputation of being the greatest of all time. He really was the greatest drummer of all time. Uh, uh, this is what Stuart Copeland had to say. Neil is the most air drum to drummer of all time. Uh, uh, he's the former drummer for the police, Stuart Copeland, and uh, Neil pushes that band, which has a lot of musicality, a lot of ideas crammed into every eight bars, but he keeps the throb, which is the most important thing, and he can do that while doing all kinds of cool shit. And in addition to contributing to Rush's lyrics, Neil penned several memoirs, including Ghost Rider, Travels of the Healing Road, which addressed the, the deaths of his first wife and daughter. He also collaborated with science fiction author Kevin J. Anderson to develop a novelization of Rush's 2012 album, Clockwork Angels. Uh, he first retired from the band in 1997. Like I said, he stepped away from Rush in the late 1990s following uh, those heartbreaking tragedies. And on August 10th, 1997, uh, it, it was Neil's, I think it was his 19-year-old daughter, Selena, died in a, a sink car accident on a long drive to her university in Toronto. And then five months later, uh, Neil's uh, wife for, for 23 years, Jackie, was diagnosed with terminal cancer, and she sadly passed away quickly to the disease. And Neil told his bandmates to consider him retired. And after a few, ways, uh, after a few years away from the band, Neil rejoined Rush in 2001 before retiring again in 2015 because Rush embarked on the, the R40 tour in 2015 15, celebrating the 40-year anniversary of Neil's membership in the band, and it would also turn out to be Rush's last tour with uh, Alex Lifeson saying that his uh, arthritis and Neil uh, chronic 
tendonitis making it too difficult to go on large scale tours anymore so while Alex left the door open for smaller tours Neil hung up his drumsticks for good he said lately Olivia has been introducing me to new friends at school as quote unquote my dad he's a retired drummer that's what he told Drumhead Magazine in 2015 he said true to stay funny to hear and uh, it, it does not pain me to realize like all athletes there comes a time to take yourself out of the game I would rather set it aside than face the predicament described in our song losing it sadder still to watch it die than never to have it known Neil um, will definitely be missed by his peers and by all of his fans uh, with that being said uh, I wanted to also get into before we uh, hang it up here on episode 141 talk a little bit about one of today's pop stars who wrote a rock song actually with Chris Stapleton and Bruno Mars that's Ed Sheeran but before we get into that a quick word from Mecca Nutrition do you find yourself constantly working on your physique only to find no real results or are you officially fed up with your lack of progress in weight loss and weight gain programs then do I have a solution for you Mecca Nutrition build a better you choose from a variety of products including protein carbohydrates creatine pre-workouts vitamins and more why choose Mecca Nutrition Mecca Nutrition is a family-owned and operated sports nutrition store located in the heart of Bakersfield California Mecca's goal is to provide you the customer with the best customer service nationally recognized products that you know are tried and true and most of all they have the best prices around if you have any questions or concerns feel free to contact Mecca Nutrition via social media on Facebook and Instagram at Mecca Nutrition you can email them or you can call the shop as well at 661-695-9061 again that's 661-695-9061 I've been using Mecca nutrition products for over a year and a half now and for someone with an extremely high metabolism i can tell you that these products work i gained nearly 25 pounds of muscle after using mecca's select products in the protein and carb aisle with products such as redcon one meal replacement protein and carbs as well as neil's hookups so feel free to call the shop or email mecca's general manager at neil or neil at mecca nutrition store.com rumor has it if you mention mecca nutrition you may come away with an added discount as well but you didn't hear it from me so go check it out if you want to transform your body and get into the best shape possible right now mecca nutrition build a better you so today is january 15th it's a wednesday it's episode 141 it's the pot of rock here on the o show we've talked about ozzy's new album ordinary man set to release on february 21st 2020 his new single ordinary man featuring elton john and slash is actually available right now on itunes it's going to be his next big hit it's a great song we've talked about uh, neil pert some of his greatest hits with rush some of his peers memorializing him on social media including dave grohl getty lee chuck d chris Jericho, Jack Black, Adam Sandler, Kevin Smith, Kirk Hammett, just to name a few. The list goes on and on. Rest in peace to one of the greatest drummers in rock and roll history, Mr. Neil Peart. With that being said, this is the Pot of Rock. We've talked about Ozzy. We've talked about Neil Peart. And now we're going to talk about Ed Sheeran. That's right, Ed Sheeran. Hear me out. I am not the biggest fan of any modern-day pop music, including the current state of rap, which I think is just atrocious. But I gotta say, Ed Sheeran knocked his latest album out of the park here. I mean, not 
every song was awesome, but most of these collaborations were just good music. I mean, Ed did collaborations with Eminem and 50 Cent on a song called Remember the Name, which is Ed's second collaboration with Eminem, his first with 50 Cent. I mean, I grew up on Eminem. I grew up totally on Marshall Mathers, but I haven't really kept up to date with rap since maybe 2010, and I have since been uh, a fan of rock and metal exclusively, but not only did I like this tune by Sheeran, Eminem, and 50 Cent, but I actually am starting to listen to Eminem again, all of his old stuff. I mean, I mean I'm not really a fan of the new stuff, but old Marshall is the best Marshall, the real Slim Shady. Ed Sheeran also did a collaboration with Khalid, which for a modern day song ain't half bad either. I have to say Khalid's got my attention. He's not a bad artist. Obviously, the big hit that everyone is going to remember from this album is I Don't Care with Justin Bieber, which is understandable. That's the prototypical modern day pop song. But then there's a rock hit that's on the, the bottom of their uh, number six collaborations album. It's at the very bottom of the list on Ed's new album. When it should be closer to the top because A, it's a good song. B, it has two of the biggest pop stars in today's world, Ed Sheeran and Bruno Mars. And C, it's rock and fucking roll, man. It's Ed Sheeran, it's Bruno Mars, it's Chris Stapleton singing a song called Blow. And this takes Sheeran completely out of his standard range of being a pop singer, and it's fantastic. So I just wanted to throw that out there, even though the album came out about five months ago. It's not that new, but I still haven't heard anything, but I don't care with Justin Bieber on the radio. So maybe it's a song they can start playing. It's just a thought. This was episode 141 presented by Belly Up Sports. Remember to check out Belly Up Sports on Twitter at Belly Up Sports and at BellyUpSports.com. Also, remember that if you guess the Super Bowl 54 matchup correctly, and listen closely, NFL fans, if you guess the Super Bowl 54 matchup correctly and submit an answer into our DMs at OshoPod on Twitter and Instagram, you're going to have a chance to enter to win a 50% discount, half-off discount on your Super Super Bowl tickets using TickPick.com. Again, if you guess the Super Bowl 54 matchup correctly and submit that answer to our DMs at OshoPod on Twitter and Instagram, you're going to have a 50% discount, a chance to win a 50% discount on your Super Bowl tickets using TickPick.com. That's for the Super Bowl, but for anything else, any other ticket purchases, remember to use the promo code OSHOW10, that's capital O-S-H-O-W-10, for $10 off your next order. Hit it. Neil Burke. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube you know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks that's what our podcast people are the worst brings you with each episode i'm rachel and I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.